Amen. If you've been with us or not been with us over the last couple of weeks, uh, we've been on this series, like I said, about the sower, the, soy, the seed, and the soil. And I always like to recap just a little bit. won't take a lot of time to do that tonight. But what we learned last week is that the seed in this story or the seed in this parable, we already looked at the sower in week one, looked a little bit more at the seed last week. And the seed in this story is never the reason that the soil fails to produce. Amen? The seed in this parable is never the reason that the harvest does not come forth uh, from the field. Because the reality is it's the condition of our heart that determines what we produce. Amen? It's the condition of the soil of our soul that determines the harvest that comes forth. In this parable, it's never the seed's fault that we don't produce. According to this parable, there's four types of soil that can be found in our hearts, church. We've looked at the trodden path or the hardened heart, which we've already looked at. It's the heart that is reluctant uh, for whatever reason to receive the Word of God, to let the Word of God into the soil of its soul. It's the heart that refuses to receive the Word, therefore they can't believe and be saved. Amen? Some seed fell on the rocky places where there was not much soil, the Bible says. Some seed fell among the thistles and the thorns, and some fell on good soil, producing 30, 60, and 100-fold harvests. How many of you want to harvest? Amen? What we have to learn and what we have to realize, according to this parable, that there's only one type of soil that has the power to produce a harvest. There's only one type of soil, according to this parable, that has the ability to bring forth the fruit of righteousness or the the fruit of the kingdom of God. Three out of the four soils cannot bring forth a harvest. Three of these four soils that we look at cannot multiply or produce for the Father. Three of the four soils in this parable, church, are not profitable to the Master. They, They bring forth no return, the Bible teaches us. Therefore, they are not fit and ready for any good work. There's only one type of soil that is able to bring forth a harvest. The first one that we learn can't bring forth anything. The next two have some sort of growth that is demonstrated in their life, but they cannot bring forth a harvest. They cannot be fully developed. Therefore, they cannot bring a harvest because they produce no seed. This is exactly why God spoke uh, to the hardened heart through His prophet Hosea in chapter 10, verse 12. And He said, "...break up the fallow ground." He said, break up the stubborn soil of your soul, for it is time to seek the Lord until He rains His righteousness upon your soul. The Lord said, if you're one that has a hardened heart, if you're the one that has the trodden path, if you're the one that has allowed the things of this world to harden certain areas of your life, He was saying, it's time to break up the hardened heart and seek the Lord until it rains in your life. You're supposed to toil with the soil of your soul until the, the rain of His righteousness soaks the soil of your soul, church. But the problem is we don't want to wait till it rains. The problem is far too often in our life we don't want to work until it rains and we don't want to seek until it rains and we don't want to struggle until it rains. The sad reality is for a lot of believers, church, we don't want to pray until it rains down on our life and we don't want to, to fast until it rains down on our life and we don't want to worship or we don't want to tarry until the, the rain of His righteousness saturates the soil of our soul. But it's exactly what the prophet is telling us. He's telling us that, that there are times 
times in our life where the world hardens us and there's times in our life when sin has its way in our life and, and if we have any soil in our soul that's hard, we need to work at it, church. We need to toil until His rain changes the soil of our soul. But far too often we don't like that, church. We don't want to endure until it rains or toil with the soil until it rains. We want the harvest right now. That's the kind of people we so often are. We want the blessing right now. We want the harvest right now. We want the answer to our prayer right now. And we want the miracle right now. And we want the fantastic right now. And so often, church, we, we're not willing to toil with the soil of our soul until that, until that rain comes into our life. Until, until that supernatural power falls into the soil of our soul and makes it producible and makes it uh, fertile in order to bring forth what we're longing for, church. The reality is, if we want to harvest, we have to be willing to work until it rains. If we want to harvest in our life, we have to sometimes get in that prayer closet and pray until it rains. There's sometimes we have to enter into a fast and, and fast until it rains, until that answer comes, until the Spirit of God saturates our soul. But often we don't like to do that because we're an instant people. We want things right now. The reality is if we're not producing, if we're not growing, if we're not bringing forth fruit in our lives, if the soil of our soul is hard and fallow and trodden, church, it's time to seek the Lord, the Bible says. Because the problem isn't in the seed, it's in the soil. The problem isn't with the pastor, it's not with the farmer, it's not with the sower, it's not with the the speaker of the word or the, the sower of the seed, it's in the soil. And the only way that that will change, church, is for us to allow the till of God to have its way in in our life, to allow the till of God to till the soil of our soul until rivers of living water or the rain of righteousness saturates the soil of our soul. The truth is, unless you and I take care of our soul, unless we take care of the soil of our soul, unless we guard it above all else, Proverbs 4.24 says, then the rivers of life cannot cultivate. The rivers of life will not spring forth above everything else. The, the writer of Proverbs says, you've got to guard your heart. Above everything else, we have to guard the soil of our soul against some of the things we've talked about, against sin, about the, against the pleasures and the treasures of this world, against the things that the devil will try to sow into our lives, against the weeds and the thistles and the thorns which we'll learn about. We have to guard our hearts against all of these things. The reality is we have to guard our hearts against pride and stubbornness. We have to guard our hearts against the the temptations of life. Unless we watch after our souls like Adam was supposed to have watched after his garden, church, we will suffer loss just like Adam and Eve did, and the garden will never be multiplied. The garden will never produce. You know, I don't know if you ever thought about this or not, but when you go into the, the book of Genesis and, and you look at the, the Garden of Eden and you, you, you study the Word and you read the Word, what was supposed to happen with the Garden of Eden was supposed to have spread throughout the earth. It never multiplied. It never went forth. Unless we guard our hearts like Adam and Eve were supposed to guard the garden, your life will never multiply. The seed will never multiply. The harvest will never come forth. You will never have an effect for the kingdom of God. You will never be able to produce seed, church. That's what the Garden of Eden was intended to do. 
And that's what you and I are intended to do as well. We are supposed to go forth and multiply. I've taught you this before. The profit is always in the fruit. The profit is always in the harvest. And we are to be profitable for the master and profitable for the kingdom. The Bible says, Some seed fell along the trodden path, and other seed fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. And tonight I want to do a little bit more teaching than preaching. And I want to give you, make some spiritual parallels to agriculture and, and farming and planting and, and what God is speaking to us spiritually through this passage as well. It says, Some seed fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. And the seed that fell on the rocky soil wasn't soil that, that simply had a rock here and a rock there. It, it, he wasn't referring to the type of soil that had a, a couple pebbles scattered here and, and scattered there. It was referring to soil that had a layer of rock beneath the soil. It wasn't just scattered pebbles here and there. It had a hard substance beneath the, the surface of the soil, church. It says this, The seed that fell on the rocky places is the seed that fell on shallow soil. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root and they had no moisture, church. And these are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They, they believe for a while, but in a time of temptation, they fall away. When the sun comes up, when the heat is on, when the trials and tribulations come into their life, they fall away. The Bible says they wither up and die. Why? Because there's, there was something laying beneath the, the soil of their soul. There was a, a rock layer, an obstacle between the seed and the rivers of life below. The soil was shallow and there was a, a layer of rock underneath. There was an obstacle between them and the rivers of life, between the seed and the rivers of life. And it's exactly what the devil does in your life and my life. He'll put an obstacle. He'll put a giant. He'll put a wall. He'll put a mountain. He'll put an enemy. He'll put a lie. He'll put whatever he has to between the seed of salvation and the rivers of life which are deep down in the soil of your soul. He'll put an obstacle there. He'll put a layer of, of whatever you might want to say it is to prevent the seed from taking root. To prevent the seed from receiving the, 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 from the rivers of righteousness. And so all they're able to do is spring up and fade away. Spring up and fade away. Spring up and fade away. But they do not bring forth a harvest. You see, when it comes to this individual, when it comes to this type of soil church, they have two problems. They're shallow and they have no root. They're shallow in their faith and they're shallow in their prayers and they're shallow in their devotions and they're shallow in the Word. Because, and because of it, church, they, they spring up and they're short-lived. The reality is when we're talking about an individual who's shallow, it's not somebody that hates God. It's not somebody that, 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 that isn't open to God. It's not, not somebody that I'm going to condemn. The fact of the matter is they're just shallow. They might be a mile wide, but they're only this deep. This is what Jesus is talking about. You can have a, a field that has a layer of rock that's a mile wide beneath the soil of its, uh, beneath the soil, but still only be this deep. And this is who Jesus is referring to in this passage. He's re referring to the individual that might be a mile wide in their confession, but they're only this deep in their devotion. 
They're only this deep in their knowledge of God and only this deep in their disciplines of God and they're only this deep in their, in their commitment and their covenant to Jesus Christ. They're only this deep in their knowledge of God and in the revelation of God and this deep in the Spirit of God. They're only this deep in their understanding of God. So they cannot grow. They, they have not enough soil and they don't have any root. So they spring up and they die. They spring up fast, the Bible says, and when the trial comes and the temptation comes and the tribulation comes and the, the heartache comes and it will come, they wither up and they die, church. They're this wide, like I said, in their confession. But they're only this deep in their devotion, church. They're, they're only willing to grow this deep. They're only willing to sacrifice this much. They're only willing to allow Him to go this far into the soil of their soul. They spring up fast and they show off their growth, the Bible says. Boy, they spring up fast. Woo! They shoot right up. They put out blooms and they put out... Fan, you know, they look good. They shoot up real fast. But a week later, they're dead and gone. This is what Pete, or this is what Jesus is talking about. They, they spring up fast and they show off their growth. They, they spring up fast and they exercise their emotions. They spring up fast and they put on a nice display, but next week they're gone because they're not deep in Christ. Because they haven't toiled with the soil of their own soul. Because they haven't cultivated. Because they haven't broken through the obstacles of life. They haven't broken through the layer of rock that stands between them and the rivers of righteousness and the the rivers of life. One week they act like they're, they're the most spiritual person in the place. And again, I'm not mocking them. I'm telling you this is the true excitement that they have. Excited about God. They receive the word, the Bible says, but it goes nowhere. It doesn't penetrate deep into the soil of their soul. They get excited. But as soon as trials come, as soon as heartache comes, as soon as difficulties come into their life, they fade away. They blow away like the chaff. They're like dust in the wind, you can say. And you see them no more. The reality is they grow up fast. And they die out because they're shallow, Jesus said, and because they have no root. And when he refers to root, he's talking about a taproot. He's talking about a root of sustenance that goes deep down into the soil of the ground or into the soil of our soul. They, they have no taproot that is able to press through this layer of rock church. They have no taproot that can press through the obstacles or press through the temptations or press through the trials or tribulations of life. You see, if you don't have a taproot in your life, you won't survive. If you don't have a spiritual taproot that is powerful enough to penetrate the layer of bedrock just beneath the soil, you won't survive and you'll never find a harvest in your life. The reality is we need spiritual taproots to be developed in our lives and they can penetrate through granite. A taproot has the power to break through any obstacle that's below it. It has the power to break it and make its way through. And listen to me, church. This shallow Christian never has breakthrough in their life. This shallow individual never has a breakthrough in their life because they've not taken the time to toil in the soil of their soul until the rain of His righteousness comes down and softens that which is in the soil to strengthen the root of His faith in Christianity. The reality is the house of God is filled with a lot of individuals that have no taproot in their life. They're not hearing a word that has the power to drive them deeper into Jesus Christ. It's fluff and nutter. It's cotton candy. 
If you don't know what Fluffinutter is, that's from up north. It's that marshmallow fluff stuff. And that's what's being served so often in the house of God, church. It's not enough to drive the roots deep. But the reality is, please listen to me. God brings heat into our life to drive us deeper. God brings some obstacles and trials and tribulations in our life, hoping that we will allow the roots of our faith to press through until the rivers of living water begin to saturate the soil of our soul, can spring up through that bedrock. That's the last thing the devil wants is for rivers of living water to bubble up from your soul. He wants to keep them capped. He he wants to lay bedrock upon the wells, the, the living wells and the living waters of Jesus Christ. It's what the enemy did in olden days. When they would take over God's territory, the first thing they would do would dump rock and dirt into every well to cap it off to keep the rivers of living water to flow. And that's what the devil does in our life. It's not weeds and it's not seed. It's not weeds and thorns. That's something different. Layers of opposition I'm talking about. I'm talking about the devil just, it's not a hardened path. You receive it, but you're not deep enough to grow, not deep enough to bring forth fruit, not deep enough to sustain your growth. They're shallow in their faith. Without a root system, church, You see, not only is the taproot powerful enough to break through obstacles and break through layers of rock, it's what stabilizes the tree because the farther the taproot goes, the taller the tree is able to grow. This is one of the things that Jesus is trying to teach. Without a root system that goes down, we'll be uprooted, easily uprooted, uprooted by every wind of doctrine uprooted by every storm that comes our way, uprooted by every adversity, uprooted by the the difficulties of life that will come into each and every one of our lives every day, church. Jesus called them shallow and without root. So they sprang up quickly, but they dried out just the same, the Bible says. They received the word. They, They received the seed. They're not opposed to it. They're not closed off to it. They actually even realize they need it and they're welcome to receive it into their life. They just don't thrive and they can't survive because they're shallow in their faith and they have no spiritual root system to sustain them. You see, from the surface, you can't tell that there's stones underneath the soil. It can appear plowed, but below the surface, there's something standing in the way. And there's a lot of people like that in the house of God. They appear to be plowed. They appear to be rich. They appear to be deep. And I'm not going to get too demonstrative, but you know what I'm saying. We can put on a real good show in the house of God. We can quote a lot of things. We can do a lot of things on the outside and still only be this steep. We can come into the house of God and pretend like our soil is is 10 feet deep when it's only 2 centimeters below is an obstacle. Two centimeters below is a a giant. Two centimeters below is a a mountain. Two centimeters below is an impossibility that no one else knows about and we're pretending like everything is perfect. But it only lasts so long until we break through because eventually the shallowness becomes evident. 
Eventually, the, shadow, the, the, the shallowness becomes obvious to those around us. And I'll touch on that in a second. Eventually, the shallowness of, of the soil of our soul manifests itself to those around us, especially because of the fact that we will wither up and die. And this is what the Lord is trying to teach us, church. He's trying to remind us also that there will be trials and tribulations that come into our life. Jesus said, in this world you'll have trouble. Amen? 1 Peter 4.12 says, Don't be surprised by the fiery ordeals that come upon you to test you as though something strange were happening. And the sad reality is there's a lot of people in the house of God, maybe based on the theology that they've learned, that their whole life they're supposed to just be able to tiptoe through the tulips and not have any heartache and not have any pain and not have any sadness and not have any sorrow. But Peter said, don't be surprised by this fiery ordeal that comes upon you to test you as though it was something strange because it's not, it's not strange, church. To be, temp- or to be tested and to be tried. It's not a strange thing to have heartache and to have storms develop in our life. It's not strange. The reality is we should be prepared for these things. And the way that we are prepared is by following examples like this where we allow a spiritual root system to develop in our life so when a storm comes, I can stand strong. So when the winds blow, I won't be moved. So that when a drought comes, I'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water whose leaves don't wither and who brings forth fruit in every season. You see, that's what we're supposed to be. And this is what Jesus is trying to teach us. And we can't be that if we don't toil with the soil. We can't be that unless we have a root system that is powerful enough to break through to the rivers of living water. This is what we have to realize, church. And this is what the Spirit is trying to teach us. He called them shallow and without root. Shallow in faith and Shallow with a spiritual root system to sustain them. The shallow heart, church, is usually in and out of church. The shallow Christian usually jumps from pot to pot and field to field, never taking root and never establishing themselves. The shallow Christian will have a tendency to move from pastor to pastor and church to church and field to field and word to word and prophet to prophet and ministry to ministry, never taking root, never establishing themselves, church. They're looking for a place where they can spring up quickly. And if they can't get it here, they'll go somewhere else. But the, see, this is what we don't under, this is what the shallow Christian doesn't understand. That we're to take root where we are. That we are to toil with the soil of right where we are. We are supposed to send down our roots right where we are, church. And we can't uproot ourselves every single week. We can't uproot ourselves every single month. Well, I'll try that church this week. I'll try that pastor this week. I'll try that word this week. I'll try that prophet this week. I'll try that this week. Listen, there's nothing wrong with receiving word from various places. But what I'm telling you is that you need to find a place where you can be planted. You need to find a place where you can be rooted in the gospel and rooted in the word of God and rooted in a family and rooted in a church, rooted and not just hopping around trying to get a little drink here and trying to get a little drink there. But this is what happens, church. It's how the shallow Christian lives their life. It's not that they don't love God. 
It's not that they reject the sower, reject the seed. It's just that they are shallow and they live from drizzle to drizzle in their life. You see, the reality is the, 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 the Christian, the shallow Christian that doesn't have a taproot only has surface roots. If they don't have a taproot, all they have are surface roots. And if you know anything about surface roots, they grow just below the surface. They grow just underneath the the top of the soil and they spread out in every direction they can just hoping to find a drizzle here and a drizzle there, a drop of moisture here and a drop of moisture there. And that's what the spiritual, the, the shallow Christian is like. That's all they have. They have spiritual surface roots that will run in every single direction just trying to get a, a little drop of water, uh, enough to cause them to spring up, enough to give them a shout, enough to give them a, a good feeling, enough to, to motivate them one more week. And so when they can't find it, they dry up. You see, the reality is, listen, listen, you will go through spiritual droughts in your life. You will go through deserts in your life. And if the only thing you have to rely on are surface roots, you're going to die. You're going to die in the desert. You're going to die in the wilderness. You're going to die. But, but wherever you might be, if you have a taproot that goes down, if you have a taproot that, that can connect with the rivers of living water, it doesn't matter what goes on around you like we've already read. You will bring forth fruit in every season. You won't wither and you won't die. You'll always be green and you will always bloom, church. The reality is the ones that spring up and die out quickly are the ones that are not rooted in Him and built up in Him according to Colossians 2.6, church. Because they haven't toiled with the soil, like I said, until it rains. Because according to Ezekiel 31.7, they don't have roots that extend down deep into the many waters of God. You see, if you want to experience the waters of God and the righteousness of God and and all of the things that God has for you, uh, the rivers of living water, we have to send down roots into the many waters We can't just have these little surface roots running to and fro all across the surface of our spiritual soil, hoping to get a little drink here and hoping to get a little drink there, hoping to get a little word here, get a little prophecy here, get a little touch right here. But that's the way a lot of people live their Christian lives, just a touch to touch. There's nothing nothing wrong wanting to come into the house of God to be touched, but I'm telling you, it, it will not produce... A harvest in your life. If I could just get a little touch, just get a little move, just get a little whatever. We can't live our lives that way and expect to produce a harvest in our life. Listen, if all you ever get is a drizzle here and a drizzle there, you won't survive. If all you ever get is a Sunday morning shower or a Wednesday night shower and nothing in between, if all you ever get is a drizzle in your life or a sprinkler in your life, if, if all you ever find is, is the water that, that falls down on the soil, you won't last. You won't produce a harvest. You've got to find some times where you're willing to toil with your soil. and You've got to make some time to dig deep down into the soil of your soul other than Sunday and other than Wednesday so that the rivers of living water can flow up into your soul. You need to dig deep on Monday. You need to dig deep on Tuesday. You need to dig deep on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You need to dig deep every day of the week, church, so that you can find sustenance for your life and your soul. 
You see, Sunday morning, as powerful as the Word is, and Wednesday night, as hopefully as I, I hope that the, the Word, as powerful as I hope that it is, it's not enough to sustain you. It's not enough. We need to find sustenance each and every day, church. If all we have are spiritual surface roots growing in our life, we can't thrive and we can't survive. We'll dry up in the drought and the harvest cannot come. You see, one of the things that you need to know about surface roots is they don't grow down. They only grow out. They only grow just below the surface and they'll wander in every direction. They have no aim. They'll just go here, try to find something. Go there, try to find something. Try there. And when it's a little dry here, they'll shoot there. You understand the spiritual parallel that I'm trying to tell you? The spiritual surface roots don't grow down. They only grow out. They can grow a mile wide, but still only be that deep. And what Jesus is saying in this parable is don't be like that because you'll never find sustenance. You'll never find support. You'll never find a harvest. You'll never bring forth fruit. Is If all you have are spiritual surface roots running around, wandering around, trying to find a little drop of dew or a little bit of moisture, they grow wide just below the surface and eventually, church, they, they peek out of the ground. You know what I'm talking about. You've seen them. Look out in the middle of the yard. Look out here in our parking lot. We've got little surface roots popping up here, popping up there. They can run five feet above the ground, go back down a little bit, five feet back up. They're surface roots. That's what I'm talking about. They grow just below the surface of the soil and eventually they peek out of the ground. There is a spiritual, spiritual parallel there, church. These roots are obvious. They can be easily seen. They can be tripped over as well. They can be a, a nuisance in your yard. Run over them with your mower. Run over it with that. They be a nuisance. You understand what I'm saying? Now, please listen. I'm not, I'm not trying to condemn here. I'm trying to make a spiritual parallel. Shallow Christians can be a nuisance. Shallow Christians can get in the way. Shallow Christians eventually become obvious. It's easy to see. It's easy to identify them. It's easy to point them out. I'm not saying this in a condemning way. I'm saying there is something about the characteristics of a, uh, of a shallow Christian that eventually becomes obvious because those surface roots finally make their way out of the soil and you're able to identify it. And see, here's what we're understanding. What, what I want us to understand is that what we have to do is be more than a surface root. One of the other things that I would tell you, look at if you're trying to grow deep in the Lord, be careful around shallow Christians. Because just like a, a, a surface root out there can cause you to trip and cause you to stumble, so can a shallow Christian. And here's why I'm saying that, and I'm not saying this in a condemning way. Understand how I'm saying this. They have yet to go deep in the Lord. They have yet to to toil in the soil of their own soul. They have yet to have the the rain of His righteousness fall down on their life. They have yet to touch and and tap into the rivers of living water. They they, They are not yet at the place where they can bring forth fruit or bring forth a seed. So you need to be real careful what you allow a shallow Christian to sow or speak into your life. Because they've not cultivated their own seed. Because they've not toiled in the soil of their own soul. Be careful when they try to toil in yours. 
Be careful of those individuals that run from here to here and yon to yon who get a word here and a word there and they get a, they get a trinkle here and they get a trinkle there and they run to a prophet here and a, a prophet there. Be careful of them because they're shallow. And they might appear to be all holy, church. They might appear to be deep, but they're just below the surface. And they've not tapped into the rivers of living water. And you need to be careful what you allow them to speak into your own life. And if it's you, you need to toil with your own soul and leave everybody else's alone. If you're the shallow Christian, you need to get a pickaxe out, pickaxe out to your own soul and stop worrying about anyone else. You need to allow the Word of God to find a place and break through your soil instead of trying to sow some seed and revelation into someone else's. I don't know why I'm saying that, but the Holy Spirit gave it to me to speak, so there you go. It's what we need to understand. The other thing that you need to know about surface roots is that because they're shallow... Because they often grow above the ground, they're easily damaged and easily scarred themselves. They're easily run over. They're easily broken. If you have any in your yard, you'll see surface roots that are above the ground. You'll see chunks out of them. You'll see chips out of them. You'll see hacks in them. You'll see marks in them. Because surface roots are easily damaged. Surface roots are easily broken. Surface roots are exposed to all of the elements and the tramplings of life around them. And the shallow Christian is exactly the same way. They're easily offended. They're easily broken. They're easily scarred. They're easily hindered. Easily whatever you want to say. Because they're not deep. Because their roots haven't gone down deep into the soil of their soul. They have not yet found a a constant sustenance. They're skimming around on the surface of the soil, church. And what we need to be careful of is allowing our entire Christian experience to be just below the surface. Because it's there where we're injured. It's there where we're hurt. It's there where we're scarred. It's there where we're damaged. It's there where these... The the, the tramplings of the world can have an effect on our life because, listen, if you know anything about plantings, if you damage a surface root, it it can affect the growth. It can affect the production. It can actually kill part of the tree. You can walk around and look at a tree. Part of this, well, it's growing here and it's dead there. What's up? There's been damage done to the surface roots. There's been damage done to those roots that are exposed. So, again, my point is simply this. Listen. If you want to bring forth fruit, if you want to grow strong, your roots must go down deep. Your spiritual existence cannot be just below the soil, church. We have to drive ourselves deep. Amen? One of the things that we see all the time concerning shallow Christians is this. You know, you know them. I was there myself. Listen, I was a shallow Christian at one point in my life. I'm not afraid to tell you. Up and down, in and out, on fire, off fire. That's the way I was for part of my life. Not a long part of my life. I thank God that He got a hold of me earlier enough and drove me deep early enough in my life. But I believe every single one of us at some point in our life has either gone from a hardened heart where we just refused the Word of the Lord and God did something miraculously. And then we go to this shallow soil where we, we still have to break through some difficulties and break through some obstacles where we seem to love the Lord, but man, it just don't last. 
back up here at the altar repenting every single Wednesday, every single Sunday, every other day that I could be here out there repenting and weeping and asking God. That's shallowness. You see, because the, my, my roots didn't go deep enough to sustain me. They didn't grow deep enough to hold me upright. And so I would fall on Monday and fall on Wednesday or fall on Thursday. And the house of God is filled with individuals just like that church. But we have to understand what the Holy Spirit is teaching us here. We make a commitment one week and four weeks later we're like chaff, like I said, in the wind. We believe for a while, the word says, but when temptation comes, they fall away. And what we have to understand is that Jesus really isn't talking about the temptation of the flesh here. He's not really talking about the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life as much as he is talking about the temptation to quit. It says when temptation comes, they fall away. So there's something behind that temptation. And I believe with all of my heart from the study that I've done is that when you look at this, the temptation that comes upon the the shallow Christian is the temptation to quit. It's the temptation to throw in the towel, the the temptation to stop trusting in God and stop believing in the seed, the temptation to stop waiting patiently for the harvest. It's the temptation to to stop waiting for the the breakthrough or or the miracle uh, to come into our lives. It's, It's talking about the temptation to quit doing well, the Bible says so that we can reap a harvest. Don't stop well-doing, the Bible says, for in due season you will reap a harvest if you do not quit, if you do not give up, if you don't throw in the towel. And it's exactly what the devil wants to tempt you to do. Every day he wants, he'll, he'll tempt us to give up on God. Every day he'll bring a storm into our life for one reason only, to get you to quit, to throw in the towel. I've had enough of this. I've tarried too long. I've waited too long. I've tilled in the soil of my soul too long. I've prayed too long. I've praised too long. I gave too long. I've served too long. Too long. Too much. And the devil comes and he whispers, give up. Throw in the towel. Quit. God's not listening. God's not here. God's not supporting you. God's not behind you. God's not going to help you. Quit. He wants you to hang up your harp on a willow tree like he caused David to do in the middle of his spiritual journey. And he'll try to get us to do the same exact thing. He tries to get us to quit, church, to stop waiting for the harvest, to grow weary in well-doing so we cannot reap a harvest. Listen, the last thing the devil wants in your life is a harvest. The last thing the devil wants in your life is for a seed to be developed. The last thing the devil wants in your life is for fruit to come forth because it's from that fruit that a seed comes and it's from that seed that a harvest comes. So if he can cause you to shrivel up and die before the seed comes forth, that's all he's got to do. And it's why we've got to break through the soil of the soul. It's why we have to develop a spiritual backbone and spiritual roots that are able to break through all of the oppositions that will, that will try to cause us to quit. Listen, when the devil tempted Jesus in the wilderness, he was trying to get Jesus to give up. He was trying to get Jesus to quit on his mission. How many of you know you've been given a mission? You've been given a call. He was trying to get Jesus to quit on doing his father's will and stop doing good because he didn't want to see a kingdom harvest come into Jesus' life. 
He didn't want God's kingdom to come down onto his turf and his territory, church. It's, he wanted to get Jesus to quit because he knew Jesus had the power to bring the kingdom of God down onto the earth. And he knows you've got the same exact power. You've been given authority over every unclean spirit. He knows you have the power and the authority and the ability that within the seed there is the kingdom of God and a kingdom harvest within each and every one of us. And if he can keep it from coming forth, that's all he has to do. If he can keep the garden from spreading, if he can keep the, the garden of Eden locked up in the soil of your soul, he's done his job. If he can keep us from multiplying, that's all he wants to do. He wants to cause us to quit church. The last thing he wants is for God's will to be done in your life. Listen, it happened with Jesus. It'll happen with us as well. The same thing happens when life gets hard. What's the temptation? It's to quit. When things aren't going good, when things get rough and tough, what's the temptation? It's to quit. It's to throw in the towel, to give up on on God or whatever it is when the feeling is gone, when the excitement's not there. When the emotions seem to run dry, what's the temptation? It's to quit. Quit this stinking job. Quit this marriage. Walk out. Quit this family. You see what? Quit, 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 quit. That's what the shallow Christian does. They quit. If you're a quitter, you're shallow. If you're a quitter, you're shallow. If the first thing that comes to your mind is to turn your back and quit, you're shallow. You don't have a taproot in your life. You don't have a spiritual root system established in your life. If the first thing you think of is quit, walk out, give up, throw in a towel, walk away and not endure, not stand firm, not stand still and wait, you're shallow. If it's me, I'm shallow. And I'm not saying this. The Word of God is saying this. The Word of God is saying this. We have to overcome the temptation to quit church. The reality is, instead of letting the winds of adversity drive our roots deeper into the soil, we run off here and we run off there. We give up here and we give up there. Instead of allowing the heat to drive our roots farther and closer to Jesus Christ, who is the river of life, church, we quit, we give up, we throw in the towel because we're shallow. We uproot ourselves and try to find moisture somewhere else instead of toiling in the soil of our own soul until it rains until we break through the the difficulties of life church instead of digging deeper into the soil of our own soul we uproot ourselves and we run around in life we're like though we become those surface roots just trying to find a little bit of moisture so i can bloom and then die and bloom and then die lord i would hate to live that life bloom and die bloom and die bloom and die and that's not what god wants us to be either As I was preparing this portion of the lesson, I'm going to even start winding it down, especially when I came to Hosea 10, 12, and the phrase working until it rains or toiling until it rains or seeking Him until it rains or His reign of righteousness falls upon our lives. The Holy Spirit took me immediately to Noah. And all I could think about was was how many times during the 100 years that he thought about quitting. How many times during the 100 years did he 
Think about not picking up the hammer and not picking up the saw and not picking up another piece of lumber and not driving another nail or not driving another peg, not getting up early in the morning, not doing the will of the Father. I wonder how many times in 100 years, 3,650 days, wonder how many times he thought about quitting, throwing in the towel. wonder about how many times he must have felt all alone. How many times he must have had the feeling not be there? I don't feel like. I don't feel like. I don't feel, I don't feel like worshiping. I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like giving. I don't feel like serving. I don't feel like dancing. I don't feel like singing. I wonder how many times in this 100 years that, that, that Noah didn't feel like laboring didn't feel like doing the will of the Father in his life. But the reality is when you look at Genesis 6.22, the Bible tells us that for 100 years, Noah did everything exactly as the Lord commanded. For 100 years, 3,650 days, Noah did exactly as the Lord commanded him. He went and got this piece of wood. He went and got that piece of wood. He cut it here, cut it there, stacked it here, stacked it there, placed it here, placed it there. He did exactly as the Lord commanded him. Think about it. Good Lord, we can't even make it through a day doing what the Lord has commanded. But for 3,650 days, Noah did exactly as the Lord commanded. And I began to think, why? How? Why would he invest 100 years? Why would... For 3,650 days would he endure, church. And all I could think of was that it was because the words of the Lord made a deep impression on his life. The words of the Lord made a deep impact on the soil of his soul. The words of the Lord meant something to him. He endured for a 100 years because for 100 years... The one word that God spoke to him or spoke to him over those hundred years, every single time God spoke, those words impacted the soil of his soul. For 100 years, those those words came into contact with the rivers of righteousness. Those words broke through all of the obstacles and all of the oppositions and all of the mockery and all of the people laughing at him and all of the people ignoring him and all of the the hard days and the heartaches through possibly the smashed thumbs and the the bruised hands and the, the cut limbs. Through all of that, the Bible says he did exactly as the Lord had commanded him because the word of the Lord had a deep impact on him because he allowed the word of the Lord what to dwell richly within him because he broke through all of the obstacles. And listen, one of the main reasons that we're not bringing forth a harvest in our life, one of the main reasons we're not growing, one of the main reasons is that we're, we're not developing fruit and one of the main reasons others can't taste and see in our lives that the Lord is good is because we are not allowing the Word of God to have a deep impact in our life. We're not allowing a church to drive its way deep below the soil. We're not using the Word of God as a taproot that can break through every single obstacle in our life. 
It can break through depression. It can break through sickness. It can break through fear. It can break through heaviness. It can break through doubt. It can break through all of those things and sadness and sorrow. The Word of God is the taproot that we need to use to break through every obstacle in our life. And it won't do that unless we allow it to have a deep impact. I can't help but believe that for 100 years, every time God spoke to Noah, the Word penetrated his soul. And made its way to rivers of living water. It's what we have to understand, church. And all I kept thinking as I went through this thing is how so many of us need to have a breakthrough. We need to break through these obstacles and these difficulties and the layers of rock that, that are hiding just beneath the surface of our soil. We have to be willing to just press on and press through. Just come into contact with the rivers of living water that are flowing in our depths of our soul. Amen? The reality is, unless we have the taproot, unless we have a spiritual root system established in our life, unless we allow the Word of God to have a deep impact and make a deep impression on the soil of our soul, we will not thrive and we will not survive. We'll spring up and we'll die, but we will not bring forth a harvest and we will not bring forth fruit. So the question tonight is, who wants to thrive and who wants to survive? Who wants a kingdom harvest to come into their life? Who wants, who wants the, the garden of Eden that's contained in the soil of their soul to spread out in their life? You see, if that's what we want, then we have to be willing to allow the Word of God to have a deep impact in our life. Amen?